0: Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.
1: This is Aftermath, where we bring you the week that was in MMA. I am your co-host, your man, the voice. MCMV Sports fights corresponded with my man, the head honcho, not only ambush sports, but of bearded woodsmen all over. <laughs> Josh Moosa, what's going on, man? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. Uh, inside joke. Uh, all right, let me not even say inside joke. Let me let the world in on, on while we're laughing. Um, because Josh is a Renaissance man. Uh, he not only covers uh, fights, he covers keeping the uh, great sunshine state of Florida safe out in the woods doing uh, what he does. And he also has as um, one of his Profile photos, himself in his bearded glory and his red and black lumberjack. So (laughs) this is true. He he is the head honcho, the heavenly head honcho of all
0: of all bearded woodsmen. The the ones without
1: beards, we they they don't count. They
0: don't count. No, I'm sorry, you're not. You're not under my umbrella at that point.
1: all right so we are back at it again for the first time this year 2019 so much change taking place in the mma landscape um
0: have you popped for espn plus yet i have not yet and i'm most likely going to but with the wife just getting back to work, it's one of the things I've had to put off for a little bit. But the more things I'm seeing about it, the more interested I'm kind of becoming. Understood. So, I Understood, though. I almost did,
1: oh, at the end of the month because there were some boxing matches on. I was like, well, hey, I've been talking about the matches there on ESPN+. Plus. I might as well watch them And I meant to do it this past Wednesday, so that I could see Ariel and the bad guy. But yes, it's coming sooner than later. That's for sure. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, Definitely by the nineteenth because I got to see that first card. All right. Well, uh, that's talking about the UFC. Or we were talking about the UFC on ESPN Plus, but they finished out their Fox run. last week with a show on um, Fox Sports 1, at least the undercard show, and then the main event taking place on pay-per-view. On that undercard, though, there was a performance of the night there. Uh, performance of the nights and fight of the night. Uh, winners were Ryan Hall, who uh, picked up his victory over bJP on said uh, prelim on Fox Sports One. You had Amanda Nunes making history and turning into performance of the night. Then fight of the night happened to be the voices marquee matchup. Um, and and I must say, I, I, in as much humbleness as possible, I'm really really glad. To see and hear about that because this makes a second card in a row that the voices Marquee matchup also won uh, a performance of the night bonus. They're talking about uh, the last one that I called, which was on UFC 231. Uh, that that might be the round of the year, and yeah, a lot of people have it in their uh, in in their list for round of the year, but. We'll talk about rounds of the year, fights of the year, and fighters of the year, and all that kind of good stuff on an episode of Aftermath in the near future. But right now, we're dealing with UFC 232. Like I said, Ryan Hall got the biggest win of his career in one of the probably least taxing fights that he had. That entry into the knee bar was just a thing of beauty sidekick to the thigh stepped back dove and spun like a bronx b-boy in 1985 then slapped his patented leg block on bj who tapped immediately it was so impressive how quickly it happened and hall said he heard bj's knee pop a couple times which is probably why he didn't wait for the ref to come in and break him up as soon as he started tapping he let him go he's like all right we're good I know you're not gonna uh, (laughs) you're no good after this so uh, salute to Ryan Hall uh, the wizard working his wizardry on the ground now another one of my favorite fighters is the natural born killer Carlos Conde. he took on Michael Chiesa in Chiesa's debut at Welterweight and I know you have uh have some things you want to say about that so uh, go ahead and, and and talk about that fight
0: I do um, this is actually another prime example of guys that are cutting too much weight and
1: mm-hmm. not
0: performing as well because Michael Chiesa looked phenomenal in this fight I mean he just he didn't look slow he didn't look sluggish I mean he looked just really really ready to fight i mean not energy depleted um and it showed with you know he kind of was able to really control the first round with uh the body lock and landing a couple of takedowns uh not to say that condit was not defending phenomenally well um but it was just there was that constant pressure uh, Kiesa, again, just looking super uh, healthy, fresh, ready to rock. Um, was able to, to really keep pressure on the first round. Second round came in. It starts uh, with some punches. Uh, Kiesa actually, if I'm not mistaken, lands a couple of good shots, which opens up for a shoot. Um, he gets the takedown and then slowly starts to work on a Kimura, And as Condit was using the fence for defense, um, he's able to, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how this all happened. I mean, it was all so quick. It was so, it was a thing of beauty, honestly, Mm -hmm. is what it was. Uh, But he's able to, as Condit's using the fence, like Kiesa almost like kind of also uses the fence. It's almost like he uses both guys' momentum to create the space. Up against the fence, he's able to yank the arm free and um, just—I mean, w- with the tr- like—he's trying to rip it off. Is able to secure a, it's almost. This is going to sound funny in my head. It sounded funny. He tr- he secured the kimura, <laughs> and uh, uh, was able to get the second round victory. I believe fifty-four sec- fifty-six seconds. I'm looking at it right now of the second round. Um, again, just looked really, really good, and I mean, Carlos Condit, I'm with you. I'm a big fan, um, and this is this is a, this was an impressive win, both in opponent and finish. Yes. Like it, it was just the, the 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 finish itself was incredibly impressive. I think Mikey Chiesa is definitely found himself a home at this 170 weight, um, and I'm excited to watch more of what he can do now that he's not depleting himself so much to fall into that one fifty five. I mean, that's what 15 pounds extra, right? That's a, that's a lot of stinking weight. I like seeing that. And, uh, I hope it kind of encourages a couple more guys that are like right on that cusp of, of, I mean, really being detrimental to their body. I hope they kind of start to see these guys that are bumping up a weight class and being successful. (laughs) And, uh, That's just me personally, but I thought that was a a great win for uh, Michael Chiesa.
1: Agreed, and and I hope that it does help people because, I mean, you look at what Chiesa did. uh, That was a dominant, dominant win for him. He looked a lot healthier, a lot happier, and you look at others who have made that jump recently. I mean, uh, and I think I spoke about this on the main card you have the middleweight champion and the middleweight challenger who probably 18 months or so ago at least with challenger 18 to 24 months ago they were in welterweight the person who will more than likely fight John Jones for the 205 strap Mm
0: -hmm. was
1: a middleweight recently as was surging talent Uh, Maheda Santos so yeah it's time out for killing yourself to hope that you have an advantage it's not an advantage if you have to die before doing it I remember telling um, someone recently it was not this fight but the fight when Kevin Lee or I should say not the last fight uh, but the fight when Kevin Lee fought uh, Tony Ferguson for the interim title Mm-hmm. And now he lost 19 pounds in a day. Mm-hmm. 19 pounds. And I was like, dude, because I was talking to uh the barber at that time, and he likes to ride bikes. It's like, if you lost 19 pounds yesterday, it was like, okay, now I'm gonna go, you know, ride in this biking event, your family would be like, Are you crazy? No, you are yeah. not going to do that. You lost 19 pounds yesterday but these people, th- this is what they do all the time it's, it's crazy and yeah, I'm just I'm concerned about weight cutting you know, if you can fight and fight at
0: fight closer to your normal weight it, it makes life much better I agree, I mean losing a little bit of weight to gain to have that weight advantage is definitely there, but there is a point where you go beyond where you cannot recover and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing guys that are walking around at 205 pounds and cutting to 155. Right. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're not putting on a great performance. You know, it's well it's because you lost 50, 50 pounds in the last three weeks. You know, and most of the time you're traveling long distances. You're put up in hotels. You're doing media. You're doing all this other stuff. It's adding additional stressors. What I like to see is a guy that's that's cutting weight. And then is able to basically put that weight back on immediately after finishing. Like that's what you're looking for—is that where you're gonna get closer to your regular walking around weight, right? And that's—and again, you're seeing so many guys be so successful in doing that, and you're seeing other guys almost kill themselves, and then they almost get killed in the ring the next day mm-hmm. because they, they have no energy at all.
1: Exactly. Well, some people who definitely had energy were those in the Voices Marquee matchup which was also fight of the night as I alluded to a little earlier oh man Alexander Volkanovski lived up to his moniker as he achieved greatness in the curtain jerking round one was a feeling out round Um, Mendez had a takedown and then he hit him with a nice uppercut as they were standing up as well as had a nice combo or two uh, to put that one away for money round two was more competitive but the edge still was going to Mendez great had some great combos uh, but Mendez had two takedowns and a knockdown in that round so it was like look this round is yours it's in the bag uh, pardon the puns. we're talking about money here but uh, <laughs> and money he was only a minute away from ending around. but Volkanovski put that pressure on him got him against the fence and I thought he dropped from a body shot it wasn't until they showed the replay that I saw that no the body shot what looked like was a body shot really kind of missed it was off the elbow it was that hook over the top that sent Chad Mendes to the canvas Alex followed up with a couple strikes on the ground to get that stoppage both fighters walked away with an extra $50,000 but Mendez walked away from the sport as he announced his retirement via social media about 48 hours later so salute to Chad Mendez for all that he has done in leading up to this fight he had not lost to anyone who was not a champion at some point or was the champion he was fighting against to try to get the belt those are the only times that he lost with the exception of this fight Uh, so it's truly a changing of the guard Uh, I wonder how much of his passion was taken when he had to sit out for two years uh, due Mm -hmm. to his Rosada suspension I know it definitely opened up the way for him to go full force into some other endeavors that he You know wanted to do to ensure that he was able to make a living after fighting um you know and i guess he just said look it's not worth it Uh, i still can do the other stuff that i'm doing i don't have to kill myself as we talked about with the weight cuts and um you know and i can just i can do differently so salute to him uh wec vet ufc uber vet uh what two no three time title challenger you know and, and all that so salute to him team alpha male for really passing the guard there's no one left in team alpha male from that generation that's fighting so salute to him alright speaking of generations and then passing a the torches board <laughs> cyborg versus new year's
0: Woo! talk man this fight there's not even a whole lot to really talk about as far as the fight goes um this fight lasted 51 seconds uh and probably if you just led with that and people knew mma but had not watched the fight you would probably assume okay well you know cyborg did what cyborg does right? (laughs) except (laughs) that's that's not actually what happened. Nunez did what Cyborg does. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, well, frankly, uh, when I wrote my article, I previewed the the co-main and main event in my Ambush uh, Sports article, and I wanted so badly to... I'm I'm sorry, before before you go
1: further, that's AmbushSportsNetwork.com
0: if you want to read it. Go ahead. uh, I wanted so badly to Go with my prediction of as Amanda Nunez, but I really thought that the size difference was was going to be greater than it was. And then as soon as I saw saw her make the walkout, I was like, man, I should have changed my prediction because <laughs> because she, she looked I mean she looked phenomenal. She didn't, and I was like, wow, she looks really you know big, not you know you know what I mean. Just she she looked bigger than what she was supposed to be walking in at. Mm-hmm. Um, looked really, I mean, just really filled out. And I was like, okay, this is a lot better. And um, in the article, I mentioned two ways that I thought Nunez could win. One, I thought, if she can get Cyborg on the ground, I think she would win. And I know that's not necessarily the easiest task, but I thought it was the case. And I said two would be if Cyborg gets reckless and comes in throwing and she gets clipped. And that's essentially what happened. Cyborg came out with the same intensity that she always does, throws, if I'm not mistaken, MMA by the numbers on Instagram, I believe, or maybe Twitter, uh, tweeted out that she throws, or lands, rather, more strikes per minute than all but like two other fighters. I think she's third in the UFC for strikes uh, per minute landed. I mean, just a ridiculous volume. It's like seven point two strikes a minute. I mean, it's a lot, and um, she throws even more. It keeps you at bay, and she came in and landed. I mean, she landed early. Both of them did, but Nunez um, just stood in, did not back away, and held her ground. And is, I mean, it was. It's been said by. Anybody that knows MMA in that realm, Joe Rogan has said it. She's the best striker in women's MMA. And it showed. Um, she landed a, a just a super clean shot. It wobbled Cyborg. And then in a striking clinic I've never seen before, I don't think she missed a punch in like 30 throws. <laughs> Every single thing landed. It landed where it was supposed to. It landed if she was getting punched back. It landed... If her head was stabbed, I mean, everything. It was right, left, right, left, uppercut, right, left, right. And it got to the point where Cyborg falls to a knee, stands back up and throws again, and gets caught with an overhand right. And it just, I mean, Cyborg just falls face first in the canvas. Um, it, I mean, it was, it was incredibly quick. It, well, I can actually... In fifty in fifty one seconds, this is according to Fight Analytics, and in, in the fifty one seconds, Nunez threw forty two strikes, and Cyborg threw thirty. Wow! In, in fifty seconds, that's that's almost almost for Nunez a one punch per second, and of those forty two, she landed twenty six. Uh, those were significant strikes landed. She landed twenty six significant strikes. I don't know what the total number is. It's not on here. It was. Perfection, if I've ever seen it, double champ, third in history, uh, first female, um, and took down an absolute living legend in Chris Iward. Um, and the reason I brought up, and we'll talk about this later on, but the reason I brought up that I wanted to vote or I wanted to predict her to win is I should have gone with my heart a little more than my head. <laughs> And uh, I'll talk about how that changed a different prediction on some other fights that we <laughs> talked ah, about. <laughs> okay.
1: Alright. I like it. I like it <laughs> a lot. Teasing
0: a bit. Alright, well,
1: <laughs> let's close out this section by touching on the main event. Then we'll take a pause with the cause and get into some PFL. So, main event was John Jones who utterly neutralized Guff's descent. Over three rounds. I mean, Gus gave Jones and DC some of the toughest fights ever, and he looked pedestrian in the rematch. I mean, he couldn't get close enough to land anything, Uh, and Jones did just enough to win uh, the first couple of rounds. He wasn't doing a whole lot. He was just able. He was able to control where the fight took place. And land at will in order to get the rounds. Then round three, got him down to the ground, worked his way to the back, flattened him out, and punched until the ref intervened. Uh, anything to add to that? I mean, it, it was really, uh, it, he, I'll say this, he made it look so easy. And that's why it was really a great performance because it, it was so understated but you forget that last time it was a war when he fought DC it was a war you know but he he just made it look like another day at the office
0: Mm mhm yeah that's that's really all I got to say on it is uh just how yeah how just one sided it was I mean I know that I for one expected basically the first fight again and it was not You know, I, I think maybe with or in
1: this camp, what really made the difference uh was that he started training with uh with Aaron from uh Bellator. You you know Aaron okay. and Bellator, don't you?
0: Uh I believe so. Yeah, Aaron Pico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, P P I K O <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, the, the pico and and, uh, and some of the gra- some of his uh, sweat grams must have rubbed off uh, into uh, John uh, doing all that training mm. and helped to give him the edge.
0: That's what that's what it
1: was. There it is. <laughs> <sighs> I couldn't help myself. Some uh, lady at Subway the other day said, oh corny man, a cute." I said, well, "I have to go home and tell my wife that because I don't think she uh, is of the same uh, <laughs> the same." same mindset. But anyway, uh <laughs> salute to John for winning the the title back. And I'll say this as we close out this section. What really just jumped off the page for me regarding that fight specifically is that it was a great example of the grace of God. Here's a man who has done so much wrong so much wrong yet still by the grace of god is able to do some really good and (laughs) phenomenal things you know and and even through all of his mess and and all of the issues that he has had uh he spent much much time praising god for the victory and giving him the glory for winning how much weight does that carry when he does all the other stuff I don't know but again it does show God's grace and that no matter how low we go no matter what we do that God is still there for us to help us and to turn our lives if we turn our lives over to him All right. well again let's take a pause for the cause and come back We'll jump into the million dollar sweepstakes that was the <laughs> PFL championship. <laughs> All right, we are back at it again. The voice, the bearded wonder. The dynamic duo of MMA. I'm here with my MMA man, Josh Musu, getting ready to talk about one of the fight promotions that we have come to love this year, and that's PFL. Oh man, I did not know. I I was always concerned. I was like, this stuff doesn't work in 2000. 18, 19 tournaments don't work. Somebody falls out it just doesn't work. One night tournaments don't work. Even if this is the rebranded WSOF when the WSOF tried a one night tournament, it didn't work. People fell out. How's this gonna work? And it held together. The only thing I'm still a bit concerned about, although I shouldn't be because I got a major influx of cash last year is uh whether or not those Big million dollar checks were actually cash at the bank, but they got about twenty eight million, I want to say, last year through investors like Kevin Hart and some others. So uh, they should be all right, but we'll uh, we'll see how long this train can keep on uh, going down the track. But yeah, PFL uh, eleven was was really really a great night and a great way to end the year. for the upstart uh, organization we are going to deviate i don't know fight fans we you paid attention or not but we didn't go in order of fights last time like we normally do and we're not going to do that this time either we're going to start off with a fight that i was looking forward to and uh it did not disappoint number one versus number eight i believe No, no no i'm sorry number three Felipe Lins versus number eight Josh the Cuddly Bear Copeland for the heavyweight
0: crown. Take it away. Yeah, man, this is a uh, one that I was actually I was looking forward to, especially how uh, Josh Copeland was able to advance. Um, you know, you had the the eight seed coming in. You know, it wasn't against the one; it wasn't a one versus eight. But I mean, still, Felipe Lins looked really, really good throughout the uh, the tournament, and then Copeland uh, with the, the vicious knockout uh, of Alex Nicholson. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to this fight. Uh, I did predict Linz to win, um, but I actually predicted him to win the first round. Uh, I thought he was going to get Copeland to the ground. I thought that he was going to win there. Um, and then much like I underestimated how the stature of, of Nunez was going to look... Josh Copeland looked phenomenal. He did. Holy cow. I mean, he was trim. He was... I mean, you could see him moving. I mean, he didn't stop moving for the entire first round. Um, and one of the big jokes, and I think even Boss Ruten talked about it, um, at some point in the tournament he said, so I take it you just enjoy blocking punches with your face. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really have any any movement, he said, yeah, I gotta work on that. And let me tell you, he sure did. He looked phenomenal through the first round. Um it was kind of like a feeling out round to begin with. Kinda like you see that often with heavyweights, because you know that both guys have one one punch power. Um but uh Linz was definitely uh was really starting to find his range in that counter uh by the end of the first round and then in the second round he really took it up a notch uh, again, I cannot say enough about the heart of Copeland. I think I actually texted you at one point and said, I've got Felipe Lins winning this fight pretty handedly, but if he's going to get a stoppage, he's going to have to knock out Copeland because that guy was, by the third round, he was leading with his head, like daring him to punch him to get to close the distance, and Lins was more than happy to oblige. Uh, but the toughness of Josh Copeland was impressive, the striking and overall fight IQ of Linz was impressive. There was a small moment in there, uh, I believe, middle of the third round where there was a headbutt that actually split Linz above the left eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was pretty gnarly. Um, and that definitely lit a fire under him. Uh, we talked about it, that uh, how crazy would that be if there was a fight stoppage. Uh, because of a headbutt, right? And I, you know, they had gone to the scorecards, and, and you know, Lins would have won. But at no point, you know, that if you're winning this million dollars and you want to win this fight, uh, and you could see after that, uh, they, you know, they 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 got them all, you know, Vaselined up, and they stopped the bleeding. They both doctor, both guys got checked by the doctors before the fourth round, and Lins came out a man on fire. Uh, Thirty seconds in, just for the second time in the fight, just in the Muay Thai clinch and just demolishing Copeland with these big knees is the t- much taller fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Mergliata did step in at that point, uh, probably could have stepped in near the end of the third round, in my opinion. Um, but I understand with the million dollars on the line, Copeland wasn't necessarily not responding, but he definitely was not defending. He wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't pick his arms up not, at not all. Exactly. It just ran headfirst yeah. into the punches. Um, I think he was trying to get Lynn's like break a hand or something. And, like I don't know what was going on. Yeah, it was uh,
1: straight out of Gladiator. I
0: don't yes, know if
1: you are familiar <laughs> with that movie? But I, I, yes, who was it? It was uh um oh god, I can see his face now. Um uh Brian Dennehy it was Brian Dennehy uh, playing Jimmy <laughs> Horn, and he kept uh. Ducking his head down and and having to punch the top of his head, and that was uh, after he stopped with the side to side head movement. <laughs> that is how Copeland was uh, blocking things. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, though, it may be the hardest part of the head. It did not break the hands. Of no, Lin's, it did not.
0: Uh, and that was a, a testament. And that was a testament to Lin's, um with that fight IQ. is he was landing punches. And you could tell when he was throwing weight behind it. You can tell when he was – I mean, he was throwing overhand rights, but it, they almost connected more like a jab. And you could tell it, it, when he would do it is when Copeland would drop his head and drive forward. He was still mm-hmm. making contact, and he was still causing that damage, but he wasn't – I mean, because you're right. I mean, one solid punch to, to, to that, that top front part of the forehead, I mean, you're, you're breaking your hand. And uh, he was super smart about it. There was a point, and I think I I texted you about this as well, when he hit Copeland with the hardest shot of the fight in the third round. (laughs) And Copeland just ducked his head and kept coming. And his Mm eyes got, (laughs) Lynn's eyes got real wide. And he went, what on earth? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I couldn't help but laugh. I mean, he was doing everything right. Copeland was not going to stop. Um, Thankfully, Murgueta did come in. I know it's a tough thing to do as the referee, especially when you got that kind of I mean life-changing money on the line, but it was definitely the right call. Uh, as we talked about with weight cuts, you can't enjoy that million dollars if you're not here right. or you can't remember it. Uh, it was a great stoppage, a phenomenal fight start to finish from from Linz. I would not be surprised if there wasn't at least 2 10-8s, Uh the at least the third round was was a 10-8 in my my eyes. So <laughs> phenomenal. I'm super happy. Just one of those really, really good fights uh, for for this uh, this end of this tournament.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed, and um, yeah, I I know that a lot of people took these fights so much more seriously because of what was on the line. That's why. Cope uh, came in the way that he did that's why you know Linz fought with all the heart that he did and some others fought with all the heart that uh, they did I know I'm, I'm, uh, I'm waiting to hear your take on that with uh, what was by far the most memorable fight of the night uh, but you, you had some other fights that, that happened I mean they crowned uh, some million dollar winners, but you know, it, outside of them happening, it just, yeah, there was nothing distinct about them. Uh, Palmer, Lance Palmer, the party became a champion once again and picked up a million dollars with his unanimous decision win over Steven Siler. Same with Natan Shulte, who beat Rashid Magomedov by unanimous decision uh, to win. Uh, that's at both lightweights and featherweight uh, in reverse order then you had the the fight that was being featured uh, the special feature with Kayla Harrison this lady (laughs) man I mean she's got the full package and she just looks better and better every fight Now, granted the person she was fighting was three and four, now she's three and five uh, but she made a good point about it, every single one of charnevsky's uh, wins were by knockout and she'd never been knocked out until she got in the Decagon with <laughs> Kayla Harrison Then Dean Thomas said on the Twins Round podcast that if Cyborg doesn't stick around in the UFC, going to the PFL to fight Harrison might be the move, and I thought the same thing with the loss, but I don't know, the money aspect is what what makes me say, I'm not sure yeah, you can win a million dollars if you win the whole thing, but you gotta get through the whole thing to do that, and Mm -hmm. the money that Cyborg's been used to making per fight (laughs) I, I don't know, and especially like, let's say she did get to Harrison in the finals and win and they never face each other before then. Well, if she were to lose, she would only get two thousand I'm sorry, two hundred thousand dollars for the entire playoff period. And Cyborg probably makes two to three times that in a in a nice work. So I don't know uh, if that would happen or not. Maybe a super fight or something. Who knows? But Uh, Either way it goes Harrison is a Monster and she needs some Real challenges Where are they going to come from I don't Know because that's been the issue Is finding women heavy Enough to fight cyborg now we're Talking about adding another 10 pounds to it And you got this person Who is just Really learning how to strike Out here Killing people I mean absolutely Let's see first fight i think was a knockout second fight was a submission win and third fight was a uh did she beat her by submission it, it doesn't matter how she beat it. she beat her bad and that's really what matters i if i were a woman uh fight <coughs> yeah i don't know that i'd be stepping in outside of just for the opportunity to possibly uh, win but it's not even like a cyborg fight where you know you're gonna get paid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly he's just fighting but anyway somebody else who got paid and started off the night right was Lewis Taylor he was the first millionaire and he didn't give a mega Magomedov a chance to get comfortable the wrestler tagged the German by way of Dagestan and turned his life out then gave him one more for good measure Uh, It felt so good to hear Taylor say after he won, the house is paid off. Baby, the house is paid off. The kids, their school is taken care of. It's like, yes, yes, they're making life-changing money and he's Mm -hmm. trying to establish generations' worth of wealth for his children. So salute to Lewis Taylor for that. All right, now we're not at the main event because as PFL says of our fights or main events but we're at the most memorable most talked about fight of the night which was the feel-good story between vinnie Maga yanks came in undefeated under the pfl banner submitting everybody in like a round taking on the real oc sean o'connell
0: talk about it josh Alright, remember when I told y'all I wanted to choose Nunez mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did not because I, I was like, no, I've got to be analytical about this And Well, there has been two separate occasions that have culminated into the prediction I had for this O'Connell Magalese fight. One was the Rory McDonald one. I went all heart, no brain mm. Seculin I went all brain no heart, and that was the Nunez sideboard. And I texted you as I was typing this article. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I actually skipped this prediction because I had no idea where I was going because all the numbers say that Sean is going to lose in the first two minutes of this fight. He's going to get taken down and he'll be submitted and it'll be less than two minutes. That's what Vinny Magalese had done for the entire tournament. I don't think he went over two minutes in any of his fights. <clears throat> Just a complete wrecking ball but there was a little tiny part of me that said that sean o'connell is if there's anybody that is going to beat this guy (laughs) it's going to be sean o'connell he's the guy that in the first first his first pfl fight gets completely demolished on a on a a, a shot is wobbly all over the place and then lands his own and knocks the guy out i mean it after commentating for the first two thirds of, right. of the PFL uh, or of the, of the whole broadcast. Um, so I texted you. I said, would I be crazy if I selected Sean O'Connell for the upset? And you said no more than the normal amount of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I left it blank. I typed out the rest of my articles, went back to that one. I said, you know what? I think that Sean O'Connell is going to win this fight. I think he can get past that first two minutes And the problem with Vinny Magalese is that dude is jacked. He is all muscle, and that is it. And that muscle has got to breathe. If you want to look at any examples, you can look at guys like uh, UL Romero, (laughs) who can kill you in the first round and then only throws a punch or two for the rest of the fight because he's got to save all that energy because those muscles have got to breathe. And that's what happened. Um, the first round, I thought it was over. Um, O'Connell got taken down, but just cool as cool could be, he sits there. He works through the leg lock positions. He gets some stuff. He does eventually give up his back in a very what I thought questionable move. Mm-hmm. But it actually saved his it saved his gas tank by he more or less turtled up is what he did. Um, he kind of kept his arms up high, wouldn't let Vinny get. Two arms under the under in you know under his head or neck at all, um, was able to basically just hand fight while the dominant wrestler on top was constantly moving for position and was burning out his gas tank, and that showed uh, in the rest of that fight. Um, it got to a point where you and I were texting in the third round. They've got to stop this fight. This guy, I mean, he would he would uh, speaking of Vinnie Magalit, he'd throw a punch. <laughs> I say throw a punch. I mean, he, I don't, he, he kind of mustered up enough momentum to get his arm to swing and would lay down. Would you, that momentum would knock him down and he'd roll on his back. And I don't understand how they didn't stop the fight twice because there's twice he was told to stand up and twice he didn't. And one time that without anything happening, he just laid down in the octagon. That's supposed to be, um, uh, basically a, a, a submission is mm-hmm. what it would come out as, is is he can no longer fight it's a I forget what exactly what they call it I said it that night uh, but they didn't but uh, by the end of the third round uh, O'Connell was and this is the mental game O'Connell was playing O'Connell at the end of the third round was standing was not sitting on his stool um, was actually standing up and Magalays was not able to go and actually I believe his corner asked him do you want to go back out uh, and he said no if if I heard correctly I didn't see that part but I, I saw a couple of guys that had said that's what had happened yeah that, he that's, actually, that's yeah. what
1: happened I, I okay. remember as soon as he got to the corner <laughs> you heard on the mic he's like do you want to go anymore he should have said he's like no And they said, no. said alright
0: well that's the fight and uh believe it or not not only did I select Sean O'Connell to win this fight, I also selected Sean O'Connell to win this fight by TKO, and in the third round. <laughs> so I was able to sweep that one. That was that using the analytics to understand the fight, and you might have to go with a little bit of, a little bit of heart there and in, mm-hmm. in what you feel. I'm super excited. And that's not a takeaway from Vinny Magalay. I mean, he that first round was was completely dominant. Um, but Sean O'Connell cannot be happier for him. I know he hung it up as far as a fighter. I really, really look forward to him in the booth, um, especially for PFL. I would actually enjoy enjoy him there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he did a phenomenal job when he was doing it. Super excited for him. Again, life-changing money. Um, and just to see, if you don't know Sean O'Connell, just YouTube, Sean O'Connell weigh-ins, you'll see the kind of guy he is. Um, he's always bringing flowers to his opponents and taking selfies and drinking his shaker you know it's just Mm -hmm. he's an all around phenomenal dude I'm gonna miss that part of him Um, but I'm still super excited that he got that win Uh, well deserved and a I mean just an absolute gutted out performance um, that he put on
1: yeah absolutely and one of the things that stood out to me and I know he probably had this prepared before going forward but really made a statement that crystallizes what the TFL is he said "I, I won and I got the championship belt or he said I got the championship and all I had to do was win all I had to do was win no politics no kissing up all he had to do was win and really that that crystallizes what the pfl is all about it's not about how well you talk it's not about who you're cool with or who you're not cool with it's based strictly on your marriage the whole thing from the seeding. because i thought about it um as everything started, I was like, man, these matchmakers, I was like, wait a minute. It wasn't the matchmakers. The matchmakers only made the fights during the the regular season. Mm -hmm. Everything from that point on was based strictly on the merits of the fighters. That's another reason why I really hope that the PFL is able to stay around, because it really takes you back to the root of MMA it was two men getting in there and displaying their skills find out who could have the better night and whoever did moved on and got the prize again not because of all the everything else was strictly based on what they did now strictly based on what they did everyone just knew myself included that Ray Cooper was destined to win the million dollars. I mean, he... I think his longest fight was with Jake Shields the first time, which we thought definitely was the most difficult fight. But, uh... Yeah. Man Karamoff had something else to say about that. I mean, come on. The man had way too many Megameds in his name to look (laughs) at. And I really... God honest truth in my heart, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know about this fight. I don't know about this fight. All these mega meds, you know, you, you, you use a bad man to be named mega man Caramel. Like you that you, you don't play around with a man like that. And uh sure enough, that's that that uh, did not work out for Brother Boy as he uh desired. And we talked about this a bit offline but um wanted you to share your thoughts with the people as to what happened in this fight
0: yeah this came down to um <clears throat> uh, just control uh the i mean the fight started well first off the <laughs> it took them like 30 seconds to get backed up far enough for them to actually <laughs> start the fight because mm-hmm. they were trying to come to the middle And on three separate occasions to both fighters, the referee said, back up, back up, back up. And so you knew it was there, and then Cooper came out um, aggressive, which Mm -hmm. he has done throughout the entire tournament. But the difference between this aggressive and that aggressive was control. There was no control on this. He he ran, I mean, sprinted across the cage and threw this ridiculous heavy haymaker that if it would have connected – You'd have had a two and a half second knockout. I mean, it would have been impressive, but um, chances are that that you're not going to land that because this guy is also a skilled fighter. Exactly. (laughs) He he ducked and slid to the left and Cooper missed it by a mile, um, did a couple more of those and and got taken down. Um, But that's really what it it was. It was just a lack of control. Um, that really lost in the fight and I don't know exactly what it was I don't know if it was the pressure I don't know if it was the you know the the, the media that like you and I said I mean I thought 100% I mean there was no question in my mind that Ray Cooper was going to win this fight it was just win right. is it going to be the first round or early second round <laughs> I mean that's really all I had and so I don't know if he was buying into that a little bit I don't know if there was just that additional pressure to come out and perform I don't know if it was the, the highlight videos being shown that just kind of jacked up you know you're fighting for a million dollars and this was the difference was control and fight IQ mm. one guy came in and said look there's a million dollars I'm going to fight a very technical fight and I'm going to win this million dollars and the other guy I don't know what happened he just well I, I think that's really the difference like we were sharing
1: earlier in a number of the fights whether it be the Taylor fight or Mm. um, the fight between Lenz and Copeland, that money being on the line gave a totally different feel to the fight there was a lot riding on the fight it's not like other situations where you know how much you're getting coming in or not nah, I mean granted they did you know how much you're gonna get uh if you lost but you yeah. had the ability to become a millionaire over the course of 25 minutes worth of work or less you'd be a millionaire and I think that the thought of that plus how dominant he was in all the other fights caused him to Complete control of of his body functions, mm-hmm. really. I mean, just just was spazzing all over the place, throwing everything into every shot. Versus the other fights, did he come aggressively? Absolutely, but he did it with skill. He did it with control. You and I talked about it. He was more calm and collected in his fight versus Jake Shields. In his very first fight Than mm-hmm. he was in this one I think the the pressure of it got to him I want to say it was about mm-hmm. 80 people Who traveled there uh, mm-hmm. From Hawaii I don't know how much of that was on his dime Versus on the dime of the people That would come to support him uh, You know e- either way it goes I mean especially As well as Hawaii has done In 2018 You know it's like Is mm-hmm. a champion you got Max Holloway you know just coming out of the the ashes and rising like a phoenix and now it's my time as a Hawaiian to represent in the number 3 organization which is the PFL and change my life and change the life of my family but he wasn't able to uh to get it down well there's always next and change.
0: that's it. It, it this is going to be telling um, th- this off season—I guess he'd call it off season—since it has a regular season, right? Um, uh, so this yeah, off season, if he would. goes home and, and, and this is what he focuses on, because I mean, he the te- the striking ability is there, the takedown defense, the takedown defense is there. Uh, you know, we, right. we saw it against Jake Shields, who I don't think landed a single takedown. And let's not forget, in that's his that was his longest fight, but he had at least three knockouts in that fight. So. <laughs> He knocked out poor Jake Shields like three times in that first fight. Uh, So the takedown defense is there. Um, The ground and pound is there, which is actually what he was doing in that first fight against Jake Shields. He was sprawling and landing power punches. Really what he needs to work on, he needs to work on that mental game. And is he going to go home and say, okay, I I lost control, won't happen again. And, And if so, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about already in my eyes the heavy favorite to win to win the tournament next year um, just on mm-hmm. skill alone and if he can get that mental game but it'll be telling most likely in that first fight because if he goes home on this and he's disappointed and it, and it brings him down you're probably going to see something very similar because now people have seen okay this is how you do it this is how you're going to get this guy you've, you've got to let him get wild and, and So it'll be telling for a a, a really talented young fighter coming up that, uh, like I said, in my opinion, it it should be the favorite uh, for next year as well.
1: Yeah, and I think even with the loss, he, along with Kayla Harrison, (laughs) yet the faces Mm -hmm. of the PFL, they are yet draws for them people that you want to tune in and see fight. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and that as well because again it seems like he cracked under the pressure will he be able to to do it though he came and beat Shields again in more convincing fashion um, I don't know but it is going to be interesting to see how things work in the offseason with him specifically I'm I'm going to pivot just a, a bit with knowing his training methods I mean his uh, commute to the gym is maybe 10 steps does he need to get out of the garage and go train at one of the the other gyms you know maybe go where um, uh, what is her name Uh, Rachel Ostevich is at Jesus Lord does he need to go and spend some time with uh, Max Holloway in his camp, in order to to get the the edge and the the experience and the confidence needed to come back and take it all.
0: Yeah, that's 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 a a good point. I mean, a lot of people don't even know that that he he works out in his backyard or in the garage. You know, um, I, I think personally, I think that should be something he does. It doesn't have to be. A, a complete change of regiment, but um, I would like to see him go someplace where they can put that uh, that high stress on you all the time, um, and and bring you out of that comfort zone that is home. And uh, you know, because it, right. it, it's, it's it's just easy. That's where you're comfortable. You know, go someplace else, even if it's just short time in it. Um, show you know, go for a week mm-hmm. at, at a time, or, or or go once a week, or do something. Uh, because that's really that's really it. I mean he, he, he knows what he's doing. Um, I mean, he's got family that, that, that's not bad in the fighting realm. Um, so yeah, I, I think he, I think you nailed it right there with does he have to break out and is, is he doing that because it's just what he does and it's comfortable? If so, then break out of that, change something up and that might be that extra piece to, to build that mental fortitude.
1: Yeah, if it, it's all been said, you can't be the best guy in the gym and get better. And it's obvious that he's the best guy in the gym. I don't think his uh, his brothers and things even really fight. They just kind of help mm-hmm. him with training, and that's good. That's great. But you need to mm-hmm. be pushed as you're training. That's how you get better. It's it now the drilling and stuff. Definitely does it as well, but you need you need to be pushed. Um And actually, it makes me think of another legendary Hawaiian fighter in BJP, oh. who you know I'm just kind of doing things on my own, and you know I'm not really pushing myself. You know, we we've always heard um, you know the the stories of the motivated BJ versus the unmotivated mm-hmm. BJ. Um, not saying that. That Cooper was unmotivated I think he was uber motivated And that was the issue But getting out and getting some other looks I think will be key In His career advancement I think he he really really Needs that uh, In order to become the best Ray Cooper Mm on third he can be All right, man This was fun (laughs) It's been a while since we've been able uh, To get together and talk and looking forward to uh, more aftermath uh, to come I know we said that uh, we were going to approach things a bit different so you won't hear from us after every fight uh, but when it comes time for the, for the big boys know that we will be coming with some aftermath
0: oh, yeah. uh, Josh uh, tell them where they can reach you and everything. That you, you can do. find me uh, on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. That's at Bearded Moose. And that is with two zeros. So that's m 0 Um, i have got Ambush Sports has a Twitter as well that all of our articles get posted to. Uh, as a matter of fact, it goes to Twitter first. So if you want to be the first one in, mm. you can jump on there. As soon as I hit publish, it goes straight to Twitter. And we do have a Facebook page. And it's the same, Ambush Sports. Um, we post all kinds of stuff there. Uh, we do all kinds of things: football, baseball, wrestling, as in like uh, WWE wrestling. We just started golf. <clears throat> if you're a fan of any of these new football leagues, that's actually where we're really starting to find our stride. So, yep, you can find us at ambushsportsnetwork.com, ambush sports on Twitter, ambush sports on Facebook, and then myself, bearded moose with two zeros. All right,
1: And for me It's the voice on everything T-H-A V as in Victor O-Y as in Yankee Z as in Zulu E as in Echo And that's on everything uh, But when it comes to This MMA that I love so very much It's all about MTMV Sports And we salute MTMV Sports For providing the platform For Aftermath uh, so make sure that you're following us on everything. Uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I will post stuff there on a regular basis. So uh, make sure you're following. And especially when it comes time for the big fights, because your man, the voice, does his best to provide live video commentary. So, you know, if you're at your uncle's, cousins' uh play dogs, funeral. And you can't see the, the pay-per-view or you, you can't see the ESPN Plus show or the, the Zone show live, your man the voice will try to, his best to provide round by round coverage of those fights. And I do that using all three of those platforms. All right, well, sports fans, rejoice. My team, my voice. And until the horn sounds, fight the good fight. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. Whether it's spectacular striking, smothering ground and pound, the sweet science, or slick submissions, we cover it all every single Friday wherever you listen to podcasts sports fans rejoice my team my voice